So the uh, the Banff Whiskey Experience can be found at Banff, BanffWhiskeyExperience.com uh, or is it .ca.com? It's yeah. .com. Yeah, you bet. so BanffWhiskeyExperience.com, and it's on September 13th and 14th this year, um, hosted in Banff, of course, after the name. So can you tell us about the, the, uh, the conference and how long it's been running for? Yeah, so this will be our second year. Uh, and we hope to have it for a hundred more years. Uh, but we have moved venues to the Banff Center now. So okay. we are way up on Tunnel Mountain. We have a beautiful view. And that's what we really wanted to combine originally. Uh, last year we were at the Banff Park Lodge. It was a great venue. Uh, it kind of had that seventies, uh, whiskey vibe to it, which was awesome. But this year we just have, we're dedicated more to the education and then just to the whiskey with a view, uh, in hopes that we can kind of, well, while you drink your whiskey, we want you to have kind of an emotional, uh, engagement with the environment as well, which always makes it better because I don't have to tell you guys that when you go somewhere special, there's nothing better than bringing a bottle with you and enjoying it with a view, right? Absolutely. Sure. And that, and that's a great venue. That Banff Center, I've been there a couple of times myself, and it is a fantastic venue. They've got a really good layup, and the staff there are, are amazing. It's so, great. And you know what? We we also, the amphitheater is licensed, and it comes with our package, so people can take their uh, glass out there and watch the sunset over the Rocky Mountains. It's, it's just a perfect time. We kind of put all that into uh, designing it. Uh, designing the grand tasting. So we really hope people get a lot out of that as well as the whiskey. Awesome. So talking to you last year, you definitely, this has been kind of a, a passionate and a, a labor of love. Um, how, when do you start planning for your, for this event? When do you kind of start putting it all together? How long does it take you to organize it? Well, um, I've uh, dabbled in events for for a few about a decade right now. Um so I kind of understand them I'm an organized person but it pretty much starts the month after it, it finishes. I'm um, kind of a one man show as well so uh I have a I have a partner who does the on-site logistics and he runs around organizing all the uh glasses and doing all that stuff. He's great, Josh Bauer. Uh but we basically all year it's just the hustle and trying to make sure everything goes as get you know as planned and trying to create every year a more unique masterclass lineup as well because I know you know I've been to a lot of these whiskey festivals I love them I love them doesn't matter how you plan them uh, if it's organized or not I don't care I love them because what you know what you're trying what you're tasting but I really do want things to run smoothly and. Um, so we start planning right away. So the end of September is when we'll start planning 2020. Wow. How was the feedback from last year and how were, were there any monumental changes that affected this year's agenda and plan? You know what? Definitely uh, last year we learned a lot. Uh, we didn't have a lot of necessarily negative feedback um, because, you know, for first year I felt like uh, we planned it well and Hey, we're, we're learning how everything falls into place in this industry as well. But what I really wanted to do, I, last year I was a little held back with budget and it was a first year too. Cause so, I mean, come on, you, you, nobody believes you're going to put on an event your first year and most of the brands didn't believe it either. So I, I want to thank everybody who participated, including the attendees like you guys, because it, it, it was a long shot, right? What's this new event going on in Banff that's never 
been around, you know, who hasn't been on anyone's radar. So, uh, for, for us to have good success was awesome. But I'll, I'll say where we maybe overdid it was we had two, uh, grand tasting events. Uh, and I loved it and I want to do that again. I just want to let the Canadian craft industry catch up a little bit. Um, because it was kind of hard filling that room up. Uh, Canadian craft doesn't have a lot of money right now. So it's hard for, you know, these brands from the Yukon territory to come all the way to Banff just to pour whiskey for three hours. And it, it doesn't seem like a productive use of time and budget. I think it is, <laughs> but yeah. I'd say that. Um, but we do this year, we have one grand tasting event and we've made it even larger and we made it have an outdoor patio and we wanted to make that experience bigger and better in one night rather than spreading it over two nights. Um, we do have master classes over two days because it's just too much to cram into one afternoon. I feel like, uh, people will miss out on some of the education, uh, if we don't kind of spread it out. Plus Friday. It's all the diehards. It's all yeah. the guys like you guys who just love whiskey, who want to come out and try everything. So we can actually put the more complex uh, stuff on Friday uh, or try things out on Friday on like an experienced whiskey crowd. So uh, again, we're still learning, but uh, I think I think we got our ducks in a line this year for sure. Nice. So just kind of re- resetting a bit. So you've had this over two years now and that's fantastic that you've done it so what made you start it in the first place like what what made you do the field of dreams and i'll build it and i'll come and <laughs> is this gonna happen i love that movie the field of dreams <laughs> um it's so good i'm not even a baseball fan but man I, i've watched that like 10 times um I, it was kind of a field of dreams moment because i'm i'm an adventurer i've been a I've been a professional athlete my whole life uh and then about three years ago was my retirement year uh, from professional snowboarding. And I was always in the back country. I did like the films and the photo shoots and that kind of thing. I didn't compete since I was a lot younger. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm an adventurer at heart. So I would all summer, I would go fly fishing and all winter I would travel the world. And I just kept getting thrusted into these whiskey places like Japan, or I'd go down to Australia, New Zealand, and they had really cool stuff going on. And um, all over Europe too, They're, they love their whiskey over there. Uh, so I, I just, you know, when you're young and you, you want to get into whiskey, you dive right into these PD single malts and it's kind of, it kind of blows it for you. Cause you're like, this is whiskey. God, so you choke back like the odd bottle. And I, I found I was bringing like one bottle into the back country with me or when I'd float a river, I have this little uh, whitewater raft and me and my dog just head out for like five days at a time and we camp our way down the river. I'd bring one bottle and yeah. if it wasn't perfect, I would, I'd still drink it, but it wasn't a good introduction. So as I started diving more and more into whiskey, I started like really, really enjoying the highlands, you know, with the, the nice sweet and the, the, I don't want to say smooth, but, you know, more approachable uh, whiskey from Scotland. And then I started being like, okay, well, I love this. Why Why didn't I love it back then? And then I started falling in love with, you know, the Islays and and everything, pretty much. And then I was like, "What's? I'm from Canada. We have all these fantastic whiskeys, I'm told. And then, boom, rabbit holes open. I'm falling and never seems to end. And I just love it all. And it was... It was just something, it just lined up perfectly. As soon as the snowboarding was over, 
there's time to move on. I, I always believed in doing what you're passionate about. And at that, that time was the, I was so passionate about whiskey and what was going to my glass and learning about it. And I was going to whiskey festivals all over North America and just loving it. So I was like, I got to do this. That's it. And it looks like you built it and they came. So last year's lineup from the Friday, the domestic and the Saturday, the international was great. Um, I don't know if we even made it all the way around the international. It was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty heavy. So how, how is the, it was a lot. What's the, yeah, what's the support from the industry been, especially from last year? You kind of did it. You proved your, your metal. And this year we were looking at the lineup. It looks a little bit different. It looks like uh, you were able to pull some more in. Talk a little bit about the way that the industry has, has supported you in this endeavor. Yeah. So, you know, last year, let me just, uh, sorry if I'm repeating myself, but last year with the That's North right. American whiskey tasting, we wanted the bourbons and all the single malts from Canada. And we really wanted to focus even on the Western Canadian, Western American uh, uh, whiskeys, craft whiskeys. And of course, there's all these established brands that are fantastic and you need in that room. Uh, but what, what ended up happening was it was a really big struggle to get brands that didn't know who we were and didn't, hadn't seen us succeed yet. But then on top of it, it was another struggle to do all that kind of stuff. So, um, it was a huge hustle last year, but it worked out and the brand support was surprisingly incredible last year. They all came in. They commented on the organization of the event and that was a huge compliment to us because we worked really hard on that and then this year it just seemed to unfold we had companies calling us that didn't participate last year and we you know i guess we had already gotten our feet on the ground and they had heard a few stories and um it's it's an easy sell as well to brands who want to come and um engage people in a new way uh and i i'm kind of really random abstract here with my thought process uh, to answer your question but brands i think want something new because you know it's all been done but it really hasn't all been done we've been saying that for years they want to engage people on an emotional level and it, you know with what's happening with social media and what's happening with just brand loyalty just going right out the window um you have to try something new you have to this is my this is my opinion anyway you have to put people in a, in something they're not necessarily comfortable with. And what we have here in Banff is just these beautiful views and these mountains and these, these opportunities to um, engage nature. And why not put the best whiskey in your hand while that all happens? And Or just bring people out for the mountains and stay for the whiskey or vice versa. So that's kind of what we were doing. And you know what? The support this year, to answer your question directly, was incredible. We had new brands coming out of the woodwork. Um, we got to kind of um, be a little more particular as well. Uh, so there's these fun brands that want to pour cocktails. And then there's, there's you know, the the hoity-toity um, single malt brands where there's nothing but single malt in this world. So <laughs> how dare you mention anything else in front of me? So we want so, we want it all. We want whiskey drinkers to have so many options that they can be fully niche in that grand tasting room. You can just stick to single malts, and I guarantee you will not be able to taste even half of them. Um, or you can dive down the the Canadian whiskey uh, road, and you, you'll try stuff you never even knew existed. So uh, that that's kind of that's our goal. 
I'm thinking um, you, you touched on something really briefly there and, and you went past it. Um, when you're talking about the experience and the fact that these brands are trying to reach out to people, and this is one of those venues that they're able to do it, which is not exactly, I don't want to say traditional because like you said, everything's gone digital. People are online, they're experiencing things and everything's turned into a Yelp review, it seems. And this is a good opportunity for those brands to reach out to people that really want to be there because Banff isn't exactly a fly in fly out location. You gotta, you gotta plan that out. Yeah. You gotta get there, right? It's beautiful and it's a great venue, but you know, the people that are there are there for a reason. And, um, totally. I think, I think for these brands, it really, um, it almost guarantees a lock in of, you know, we're, we're actually going to get some bite on, on these individuals that are coming out to see it. And, uh, they want to be here for a reason to, to interact with us and understand our products and, and get through it. Yeah. You know, to speak to that, I'm really glad you brought that up because we, we kind of, like, I believe that this festival shouldn't necessarily grow to a place where there's a thousand people and arms are just reaching in to taste whiskey. That's never what I wanted and it's not what I want in the future. I want to limit it at 350 people, uh, max because I want everybody who's in the room to be able to engage each and every brand every time. I don't want it to be like wondering what those flavors are in the background, but not being able to connect with the brand. And that's what we had a lot of the brands uh, admire about last year's festival is they talked to every single person. They poured whiskey in their glass. And on the same note, all the attendees said everything was explained to me uh, every single time. And I had no idea that this was like this, you know, whatever it was. So for them to be able to engage the brands and the brands to engage them back, it was really special. And that's something we don't want to get away from. And you're right. You gotta, you gotta travel to Banff. It's not just you're working. Hey, you can sneak in this whiskey festival tonight after work and then be at work again tomorrow. You can here. It's like the pilgrimage to whiskey in a way you have to travel and well, well, it's expensive in Banff. So now we got to plan five nights and we got to go hike up a mountain and, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you're not supposed to promote it, but you better take a flask up to the summit because that is just, there's nothing like it <laughs> when you're sipping your favorite whiskey on top of a mountain. So we want people to engage the mountains, engage the whiskey, just, just make it an experience. And that's why we named it the Banff Whiskey Experience for sure. So talking about your your consumer base and the people that are visiting this conference, how have you found the diversification between those that are, are whiskey connoisseurs, those that are casual, those that are actually just um, local uh, Banff residents? Um, I know that we talked to a number of people last year and there was kind of a, a mixed bag group. There was definitely those that made the pilgrimage. Yep. There was definitely a lot of local Banff support, which was nice to see. Lots of liquor store owners. Yeah, a lot of yeah, yeah a, lot a lot of, of brand ambassadors. So, how have you found um, last year, and what does it look like this year? Are you still getting a lot of the pilgrimages? The word's kind of been out. You did your your uh, your rookie year, I, I guess, and mm-hmm. the word kind of spread through social media, um, and of course, trying to hype that up. So, what does this year look like? Yeah. It- I'm learning about all that stuff too, but um, it's honestly been word of mouth more than like social media. We get our message out, but there's not a lot of uh, ticket sales through social media. I know that sounds absolutely backwards, but um, everything's online. I think that's how you get your message out there. And then it slowly just word of mouth trickles around. We did have 
you know, all those shops and stuff in, in, in the Bow Valley also bought tickets. I didn't even know half of them were there. Right. Um, which, which is such a compliment. You know, they didn't say, Hey, get us some tickets and we'll promote the event. They, they paid for tickets. It was unbelievable. The support was great. Uh, we had, you know, maybe 10% of the room was locals and we had people traveling from New York. We had a, a couple from Mexico City say they saw it on Instagram and they flew up for it. It was just phenomenal because you can pair the mountains with whiskey in this particular case and you don't have to miss out on either. And that's what's so special about it. It's not, you're not just traveling for whiskey, even though you'll get all the whiskey that any other festival can provide. Then you can dive into whatever else your passions are or just stay for more whiskey. I don't know. <laughs> we heard, uh, we, we actually heard the liquor stores got, uh, got bombarded with these, with guys like you guys who found all these bottles that have been just collecting dust in Banff, right? <laughs> They're like 10 oh, years well, they're we on did sale. That. You guys did it too, eh? Oh yeah, we were, we did a master class. We did the uh, what was it? The, I think it was right after the Glen Livet one. We we said thanks for the the class, high fived, and then we ran out, <laughs> found the first liquor store, tried to see what two actually, we could, uh, uh, trying to see what <laughs> we can get. But it's uh, it, that that's what I I like as well. It, it's not it's a good thing to to point out to people when you go to Banff. It's not just a, a town in the middle of nowhere where they're having this event. I mean, most of those amenities are there. There's, you know, a handful of mm -hmm. liquor stores around. Most of the products that you try, you can buy immediately if you wanted to. Um, so the, it, it's great. But the, the one thing we discovered was um, in between the master classes, we, <laughs> we had to eat. Yeah. So that was mm -hmm. one of the things uh, we had to get on. And uh, we found this pub just down the road. They, had, they made this thing called a, I don't want to say. It's the club. Irish pub. It was uh, the Cobb Bread. Yeah, St. James Gate. Oh yeah. my goodness, that place! I remember it was fantastic, and uh, that's one place I'd recommend. So, do you have anyone in town, like a, a, a restaurant or a place, an eatery that you want to advise people to go to when they're doing those breaks? Well, it's so fun. We're totally on the same page here, guys. So this year, we're putting together a list of restaurants that will accommodate the short window between the master classes oh, and sweet. the. And they're going to have an instant, all of our staff and team can make anybody reservations. But on top of that, there's three restaurant locations on the Banff Center campus. One of them is 10 steps from the master classes. Uh, so people will be able to go there, get a full meal, get snacks or uh, appetizers, or just have a beer and cleanse their palate, you know. So yeah, that's right beside the tasting room, and it's a fully uh, functional restaurant as well. And then there's there's, of course... Uh, the Vista dining room and there's this fine dining restaurant called, uh, the Three Ravens, I think. Three Ravens oh, nice. fine dining. So it's all right there. Uh, the hotel's on site this year. But if you want to stroll in town, maybe you missed the last master class. You have a good two and a half hours before the ground tasting event. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Get down to St. James Gate or any one of the amazing restaurants in town and hopefully you can. Get out of there before the grand tasting starts. <laughs> no doubt. So we um, also have coffee and and snacks in between the grand tastings or uh, in between the master classes this year. So I took I took the advice. Right on. So the yeah. uh, the master classes. So can you talk about those a bit and kind of give people an idea? What are they? Uh, what can people expect? Kind of general duration. Um, what what was the focus of the master classes this year? Yeah. So. 
what um, kind of our direction with masterclass, we slowly want to grow to offer a hundred percent unique classes. So we want to be really creative with these classes. So each year we kind of have a little bit more fun and, you know, we're, we're also in an industry that's pretty uh, established and kind of likes following that path is what I'm finding. Uh, but every time I've recommended uh, a concept to a brand, they've been instantly interested. They just go, yeah, we got to do that. That's great. So I thought I was kind of overstepping my, my, uh, you know, my boundaries by saying, hey, maybe we should try doing this rather than just the court. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So I'm, what I'm learning about this industry is they want to change, not not cha- necessarily change, but you know what I mean? They want to try new things. They want to, pro- you know, progress in, in, in creative ways. And so hopefully this year we've gotten, we've got like, just to go over a couple, uh, we, I pitched this great idea at Davin because I sat in his classes, this is Davin de Kergamo, the, the Canadian whiskey writer. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just said, I love some of your stories that you went on uh, about. And he just went, I love telling stories. I'm like, let's create a class called The Adventures of a Whiskey Writer, just like working title. And let's just hear your stories and why you were led to certain whiskeys in your life. And he's like, you know what? Let's. Let, he, he had some really great ideas and the class was created. And now it's going to be on Friday uh, at seven o'clock. So you can go in and try all these whiskeys and, and it, it's kind of the clairvoyance. The sixth sense of whiskey is the story while you're holding it. That's the same as taste and smell and touch and all those things. So if you don't have that story, you, you know, you just have a, a regular product. So we want to create classes that give people that. Um, another class is on Saturday. It's the Jura class. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called Say Hello to Jura, but they're going to be pairing it with uh, Alberta craft beers, just showing um, how these two industries go well together. It's not just about a shot at the bar with a beer when you're an alcoholic. You can actually pair these things together and enjoy them uh, for what they were created to be, you know, for how they were created to be enjoyed. Um, and then we have, you know, we have just these little limited edition classes where they just really want to bring these these products in that maybe don't have an opportunity. Uh, they, they're they having problems struggling, getting into liquor stores, whatever. So we also want to open the doors to those products as well. And not just because this is a consumer-based event, it's about the consumer, it's about the attendee. It's not about um, what SKUs are on my liquor store shelf uh, mm-hmm. and what I want to sell. This is about like, let's bring the most interesting whiskeys in. And hopefully in two or three years, we can have, a complete lineup of master classes that just celebrate um, all these interesting and uh, rare whiskeys that maybe you can't, you don't always see out there. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The one that kind of caught my eye was the art of blending with the master class with Johnny Walker. That was uh, that looks fantastic to be another to- concept that yeah, we just threw. I just said, wouldn't it be great? This was after the Cooperage class because remember mm-hmm. yeah. um, oh, Christopher yeah. last year. Yep. So that was just a mat, that was an Instagram conversation I had with him. Hey, would you ever want to come over to Banff and talk about this? Cause I see your, your gram page. And he's like, yeah, I do want to go to Banff. When can I be there? And that was it. And boom, we, we created a class that, you know, might not be right. I've never seen that one before. So I went, to, I talked to Johnny Walker. I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could have people create their own blends of Johnny Walker? And I'm so glad to hear you guys. Uh, say that that was that that caught your eye 
uh, because that one is, you know, we still struggle with rules in Alberta. We ha- we can't, we really wanted to basically bring in 20 casks and have people just blend away for hours upon hours and <laughs> put it in a bottle and walk out with a bottle under their arm. That's just never going to happen. Pro service. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, that's in the basement underneath the, you have to knock on the back door and a big guy <laughs> named Goon has to let you in and you have to say a password. But, uh, we want to, we honestly want to get there. Uh, and, uh, we think like just trying to introduce new things is the way to do it. So, so. um, you know, we'll t- turn lens away from the, the conference for a second and turn it on to you. So, um, you, you mentioned at the beginning, like you, you like to go to the, the wilderness, you, you got your dog and you, you're rafting and hiking and all the rest of it. And you bring a bottle with you. So what are those, uh, one, two, three bottles that you just tend to turn to all the time? What's your favorite whiskey? You know, it, it's funny. Cause I, I, you know, I've got a, a gang of guys I kind of drink whiskey with and we keep, you know, you get, you have three and then you're like, you know what? This year is going to be Japanese. <laughs> whiskey. Yeah. And yeah. then you don't do it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of like exploring. It's always like the feeling that day and what the weather is. You know how like if it's raining out and you're about to head out into the mountains, you, you're kind of miserable. You're like, well, it's got to be, you know, Lafroig or something super peaty and just ridiculous because this will this will take my mind right off being soaking wet all day. <laughs> uh, or or if you're heading into the high alpine, why not take a highland with you, you know? Um, but also too, like I'm such a, I'm such a cask finish, uh, slut, essentially. (laughs) I like get down. I'll stand in the liquor store and if there's something weird I've never heard of, and there's a million things I've never heard of, I'm still learning. Um, I'll just be like, I'm buying it. Oh shit, it's 220 bucks. Oh shit, I'm buying it still. (laughs) This is just for me. Uh, so I, I love the sweeter stuff. I love like the rum cast finish and the sherry cast finish stuff. And, uh, one of the reasons we went, we, we lent towards doing that sherry cask obsession class with, uh, Patrick Van Zydem, uh, from Millstone. So he's just an absolute, uh, obsessed with sherry cast as well. So we, I, you know, I have lots of friends who are just sherry cask, sherry cask, sherry cask. Uh, and people kind of do tend to, cast themselves in one or another direction with whiskey but honestly it's everything i i have like the jp weiser's 18 like man my eyes roll back into my head every time i taste it and it's on the shelf constantly uh and then you know i've got the cc41 on my shelf that i keep on sneaking away so i don't have to share it i'm total prick move i know uh and then of course i i have you know i'm starting to get into those independent uh bottlers that are doing a whole bunch of stuff and um what's the one douglas lang i'm trying to explore that whole series right now so there will be a couple bottles uh going down the river with me uh from from them the scallywag or the oyster uh bay i'm just i don't know i'm i'm still a, a lost traveler i'm still a blind traveler in the whiskey world i haven't I haven't set my dug my heels in anywhere. At the conference last year, um, you would have been exposed to a bunch of whiskeys, um, and mm-hmm. and just like us, we we kind of started tasting stuff that we hadn't tried before. Was there any from the conference itself that you um, that you kind of tied onto and and made it part of your collection? The stuff that you absolutely had to get your hands on. Yeah, for sure. Um, there, man, there's there's so many. Oh, I know uh, there was. There were so many, we we actually started losing count on how many we had. Sample. Yeah, and you you know we 
we had a conversation, me and my logistics guy, Josh, we had a conversation about this and I was like, you know, we put this piece of paper beside everyone because I've gone to whiskey festivals before and it was the placemat you had to draw all of your conclusions on when you were in a master class and nobody wants to truck around a bunch of placemats for the rest of the night. So I said, we need to like make the little scroll paper really small so that you can actually record stuff and remember these amazing tastes that you got. Um, you know, Craftwork Spirits had some really incredible bottles. The Syndicate uh, was one of my highlights of the festival. Um, I also, where, where else? Some of the Bonahabans, I, I haven't gotten a chance to taste that whole line. So um, <laughs> when I tried some of those, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was just going to be a, a big, uh, a big peat. And I, I kind of, I was all over the place with it. I love those. Um, I kind of more want to hear what you guys thought. You know, to be honest, the, uh, the selection between the two nights was fantastic. Um, we had a couple of the, uh, the independents like, uh, what was it? Last mountain. Last mountain, Saskatchewan. Uh, oh, Michelle. that was great. They were, yeah. you know what? I, I love the, uh, I love the, uh, the folks that they sent up from there. Those guys were down to earth and they were great and, and they love to talk about their, their whiskey, um, endlessly. And, and they had such a, a good variety, given the fact that it so young. Yeah, they were so weed, like yeah, they, they the weeded whiskey. Bit, yeah, was great. Um, and same as Shelter Point, we we did a few of those. Um, those guys oh, were yeah. fantastic. But the the art bag, I think for both of us, blew us away. We went through mm-hmm. the. Uh, they had a few of the, the what the guy called the Christmas spirits, um, where they were kind of a little bit more spiced, a little bit more the, the like winter spices and. Stuff you could pick out, and I'm not a massive Pete fan, and Dan definitely mm-hmm. is not. Um, but these guys turned us around. Like after trying those three bottles, man, we were that was delicious, and we, yeah, we actually it's, came back to him. <laughs> and then there was some it's of the clever, isn't it? The art bag yeah. is clever. The the Anoa they have like interesting. Every single one of them seems to be put together by somebody different or something. I know that isn't the case, but it just seems like they're trying to release these creative outlets rather than just at 18, 21, 25, yep. you know what I mean? Um, yep. I totally agree. And then some of the distributors you had had massive product lines. So we would start from the left, Chris would start from the right, we'd pass each other in the middle, and there was 16, 16. By the end, we are like, okay, can you cut us a quarter of what you've normally been pouring just to get through them? But, you know, that's that important. Us, oh, yeah, and it introduced us into a – a bunch of stuff from England, and we we enjoyed definitely the Belvini line. Yeah, Glen Turret. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was the Nikki as well. Yes. And so there was some. So it the diversification in the international night was on point. There was a little bit of everything for everybody, and some people that were only used to literally the the Scotch world or literally the bourbon world, or they were only single malt. I'm hoping that their eyes opened up a little bit. And I feel that's one of the big benefits to these type of events is you get to talk to a bunch of people that are either in industry, out of industry, recreational, however you so choose. And then you talk to the Mm -hmm. distillers and they're like, you know what? You like this one. You really have to try this one. And, you know, I hope it really opens people's eyes and and uh, opens some minds as to trying things that are normally outside of their they're normal. And that's what Chris and I agree to is that, you know, normally we're not a PD smoky kind of fans, 
but there's definitely those out there that do that game really, really well and and sensitively. Yeah. Well, and the uh, the other thing I, I really noticed was the um, the amount of knowledge in the room. Yeah, like the every single person that was either pouring or or interacting with you on, on those brands, they knew it. They they did not only know it, but they they could speak intelligently about it. It wasn't just a, absolutely. You know, we just grabbed a salesperson out of there, and they're just going to pour drinks and laugh with you. They they want to talk about it. They want to they want to get your feedback. They want to you know, help define the next thing that they're going to do and they want to introduce you to the next thing. So that's um, so that good to hear awesome. that you guys well, you, got that. Well, you alluded to because, that. That was one of the feedback you mentioned from your vendors was that they got to talk about their product, everybody. And we almost had a mini, so master, important. we almost had a mini masterclass by Belvini there. They, oh my they God. Are, I'm so glad that you guys got this. Oh, totally. They deep dived into that 1509 and a couple of the other ones there. And it was, oh, a, yeah. it was a history lesson. So yeah. it was, it was good. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's you know it, we I have a lot I have a lot of conversations with all the brands. It's actually like it's an eight hour a day, five days a week for almost a year for me and the brands. It's not, hey, do you want to come pour your awesome? I got you in for a table. Boom, I'll talk to you a week before the fest. Like the the dialogue between us, I could show you. It's like two hundred emails back and forth, and it's it, the the fact that you guys got that out of it is so important to me because. Yeah, I've even talked like, oh, we can only send out a brand rep from blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we don't want that. We want somebody who is really, and I, I, I take so much time writing paragraphs out to all the brands that this is our attendee. This is what they want. This is what we need you to be for them. And they, they respond really well to it. And they do, they send their, their master blenders. Like this year, we probably have three times more distillers and master blenders coming to be pouring the whiskey. So it's going to be absolutely a master class at every single table. Um, and that's, it's great to hear that you guys got that out of it. Cause I don't get to talk to people about that stuff very often. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. It made me happy. Seriously. The interactions are fantastic. 100%. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll give you back the rest of your day here shortly, but, um, was there, we talked about kind of what you learned from, from last year. Was there any high, uh, high points and low points that you, that you can regale to us uh, as to your experience as you went through that whole first kickoff and the whole event? Well, yeah, that, that I'd say the low point was that, uh, 80% of our, uh, tasting glasses out of 2200 came in murky. So we polished and we polished and we polished. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) the, the logistics of these things is incredible. Uh, and that's just one day. It's 2200 glasses. So if your dishwasher isn't working, uh, well, it's going to be 4400 glasses to polish. Uh, and then, uh, and this year there's even more seats. So the, the high point for me was, um, was, that everything ran smoothly, that all of the brands were really happy. Uh, they all, I'd say over half of them signed up on their way out the door. They said, we're, we're signed up for next year, which was such a compliment. The amount of, uh, I always call them shit eating grins. And I know I can say that on your uh, blog because, uh, you guys are two guys, one drum. Come on. Uh, was the amount of, I mean, it doesn't take, uh, too much whiskey to make someone smile, but they were just like, I had like these, these 50 year old guys are like, where's the after party after? Like, <laughs> you just wouldn't expect. 
Uh, and the fact that we have re- returning people from New York who are like posting right now that they're coming out to the Banff Whiskey Festival and they're serious whiskey drinkers. And we have a couple returning from Texas, uh, like far off destinations. Uh, and we're so honored to just have such a cool group of whiskey enthusiasts that are into this kind of stuff like yourselves and will make the journey, make the pil- pilgrimage each and every year. That's, I like that. that's, that's what I love. Well, Chris and I are still drinking out of those Glencairns now, so yep. we're. I think we just did it on Wednesday, so we're still using those those polished Glencairns. So that's, that's yeah. Awesome. Well, no, those ones were okay. It was the masterclass ones that I oh, the, the seven ounce uh, stemware. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, those ones were all clean. <laughs> I swear. Um, um, but but anyway, yeah, it'll be good to have you guys back out and. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just can't wait to hear if you, um, cause we do have a lot of new brands, so we want to make sure we keep that, those rooms fresh as well. Absolutely. Well, we totally appreciate your time today. Um, we're definitely going to link up to, uh, all your, your media links and your website, of course. And awesome. for those, for those that are listening, if you haven't had a chance to go to a conference, if you can make it work, we strongly recommend you come out and, uh, definitely give it a shot. You're going to be introduced to a, a lot of good people, a lot of good knowledge, and definitely a lot of good drams. So if Absolutely. you have the opportunity, please take the time. If a lot of uh, effort goes into this event and it shows and shines throughout. So if you have a chance, go ahead and visit, book up, and uh, enjoy yourself. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. It's always, it's always fun chatting. 